0: and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. J Ma. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in today. If you're able, please close your eyes and just take a moment come into yourself, take a couple long deep breaths,
1: coming into your own space, your
0: physical space, feeling the borders of your body, the outline of your body, your skin, your muscles, your bones, feeling the heaviness of your sit bones or your seat as it melts down into what you're sitting upon.
1: Bringing your focus to your heartbeat.
0: Amidst all that is swirling and lifting and changing, the veils that are being uncovered each and every day, there are so many miracles two of which are your breath
1: and your heartbeat. The heartbeats of your children.
0: Those are nothing to take for granted. If there's any affirmation you need to say to yourself, send that prayer out onto the ethers, calling in what you need today to support you in your journey of just showing up yet again, another day through this portal of awakening. And if there's anything that you would like to release today, let it out on the exhale, flowing down and out of your body, releasing down into the core of Mother Earth, giving her all that we no longer need, we no longer need to hold on to,
1: patterns, habits, negativity, fear, anxiety. We give that all up to our dear Mother. Hmm. So today, per usual, I just did a card reading from
0: the Earth Warriors Oracle that I love by Lana Fairchild, which I talk about on almost every episode. But today, I just wanted to share a couple of sentences that um, really spoke to me today. I've been feeling big feelings yesterday and today. I had two nights of not sleeping much at all. I feel very stirred up. In a in an uncomfortable way, really just my empathic soul is feeling so much, especially for the children of the world, the children of our country. Um, there are so many veils that are being lifted right now of the atrocities and horrors that many children in our country are facing. And um, it's a lot, it's a lot to hold. It's a lot to feel. And we have to because these things can no longer be hidden. They are no longer acceptable, not that they ever have been, but um you know, children that go missing, which is very very common in the US, sex trafficked, molested, sold on the dark web, all of these things are very real and they're very uncomfortable and they're being brought forward and um I'm just sending love out to all of you that are listening. I know it's harsh to even hear me say those words, um, but maybe hold our children close and also have empathy for all the mothers and fathers out there that have lost their children and we need to fight for them. We need to step up and demand justice for all of those missing children, all of those divided families that are heartbroken. So this really helped me today. It's talking about divine light and going through a spiritual awakening and initiation and up-leveling, which I also think um, is what I've been going through, and um, it's not comfortable. (laughs) So it says, initiation often involves an element of the unexpected. We typically feel unprepared for it, even though at a soul level, we have been working towards it for a long time. If it's happening, however, then we are actually ready for it. Such spiritual testing is intimid- intimidating to the ego, but the soul knows how to move through the process. Trust your inner self and trust in the light and the unconditionally supportive assistance that the universe will lend to your purpose. Then you can be fearless, impervious to manipulation, and remain steady and faithful in the face of challenge. And so it is. So, for anyone that needs st- to hear that. Keep on keeping on because we are here for it. It is happening in divine timing and, um, you know, just protect yourself as best you can. Um, I just attacked myself with love today and self-love. I've had a hair mask on for like three hours now and I am back on the coffee and a train, which is a whole other rabbit hole. Exp- I'll explain someday, but um, going deep into the liver detox, and it served me well in the past, and it really is helping me flush out anger, resentments, and I feel a huge difference in doing them for the past four days. Um, yeah, my liver is something I work on. I don't drink, I don't do drugs, uh, I live a very clean life, but I have um, just liver detox issues just in my genetic makeup, so that's something I work on a lot. But I'm. I've been able, able to dig deeper during this time that I'm at my mom's house and I'm not working and life is slower. So I've been off caffeine for six weeks now and have upped my herbs and um, really been trying to prioritize sleep and slowing down and meditating and really, truly focusing on spiritual upleveling. And without further ado, I want to introduce Paige West, who is the podcast guest today. And it's such a great episode. I love doing this episode. And I feel like it's just kind of the tip of the iceberg when it comes to learning about microdosing plant medicines and how they can be used. Paige is a mom of two young ones, and she's a transformational doula. And she really encompasses all parts of doula life, which she'll explain a bit. Um, and really, how we can be using plants um, as herbs as medicine? We get into all the different uh, modalities of microdosing, what that actually means. But um, again, a lot of this was new to me. It's a lot of my friends are into it, and I have been learning about it a little bit through the past year or two. Um, but Paige is an awesome resource, and obviously, if this interests you, you can dive deeper and have a session with her. She also comes to LA often to do ceremonies. And then you can also find her her name on Instagram and her website is Third Eye Doula. And it just brings me so much joy to sit down with other women, other mothers that are in it right now and showing up in integrity and honesty and allowing us just to sit with one another and not have to look perfect or put on our happy faces, but to really, you know. Dig our fingernails into the dirt and just be gritty and real and face all the challenges that we're going through right now because it's a massive awakening and covering it up or glossing over it is not of service to yourself or anyone else. So um, sending love out to all of you. My heart is just vibing light to you and keep on keeping on. Take care of yourself, nurture yourself, eat good food, drink water, drink good teas, support your body in all the ways. Love you. J Ma. Hi, Paige. Hi there. How are you? (laughs) I'm well. Thank you so much for joining and making the space and time to get on here with me today. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be
0: here and to connect with you further. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very excited. Me too. So we have been friends on Instagram. I actually found you through Catalina. Oh, great. So thanks, Kat. Um, And, you know, you sent me your, your bio and all the amazing things you do. It's a long list that'll all be in the show notes, but I just want to dive in with how You are kind of calling your work or naming your work right now, and you're also a mother of two, one who is very young, and what is that kind of looking like for you, how you're showing up in the world right now? So
2: I am a transformational doula. I got my start in birth work, and I was and still am a certified full-spectrum doula, and I began exploring plant medicine and astrology and really bringing that into my daily life and practice. And I began kind of expanding that doula umbrella um, to hold space and create that sacred container where people felt held through energetic reverbs of all kinds, whether that was through plant medicine or even holding space to kind of excavate and uncover and synthesize a birth chart. So uh, it's, I, it's a, lo- a lot of different kind of um, modalities, but I'm here for it all. I love the intensity. I'm very Scorpionic
0: and Plutonian. So, oh, what's your sign? Yeah.
2: So I'm actually a double Gemini, Gemini rising, Gemini sun with a Taurus moon. Oh, wow. But I do have a fair amount of eighth house energy
0: and twelfth house energy. If you're familiar with, um, and I never can do bit the houses. Of the astro turn, <laughs> I never keep up with the houses. But I'm a Scorpio. My son's Scorpio. Oh, you are yeah. mm-hmm.
1: cool. Hence the cool. death work.
2: My husband <laughs> has, yeah, death work. I love that. I love it. I love it. In such alignment, for
1: sure. Mm-hmm. Your husband's um, what?
2: Yeah. My husband's a Scorpio moon. So
0: oh, mm-hmm. says so my Very, husband. Man. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that. Synchronicity, right? Yeah, totally. I love just so, that feeling of you being a doula for kind of all parts of a woman's life, which I think is so important that we all really um, don't compartmentalize ourselves. You know, I think as women, I talk mm-hmm. about this a lot, is even just in our own bodies, you know, we compartmentalize these stages of our lives and not really looking at our, our life in this bodysuit or this vessel as all one. And so I, I love that image of that you're servicing or you're being of service to women or people, humans in all different phases of their lives. Like that just makes so much sense. That's really beautiful.
2: Thank you so much, yeah, I'm kind of the everything in between Doula. you know there's like <laughs> birth and death, and I'm here for the transformations in between, although birth work is so dear to me, and I do try to hold space um often remotely and from afar with you know birthing pregnant people as well
0: and what got you into this work well my work
2: with psychedelics began um my husband and i it's interesting because today is our anniversary and i saw
0: that so yeah, beautiful
2: <laughs> thank you um we have a really intense bond and we both kind of have always been called to shadow work in in general and we sort of did a a deep dive and um in a former life, we connected and bonded um, through addiction and a lot of kind of, as I said, shadow work. And um, it's really quite interesting. A medicine called Ibogaine sort of called to us. And um, upon having our child, we sort of left that lifestyle behind. And when he was around my son was around two my husband had a relapse he's almost eight now and of course it was devastating to our family this was amidst me um, in doula work and I really i really wanted to reframe and look further into traditional healing modalities and traditional systems to um, tend to the problem of addiction that is so present in our society at this time and I yeah. guess it has always been and so we sort of had this plant medicine seed um, from long ago that called back to us after he said I can't do the traditional rehab route I'm not interested in It feels a little disempowering. I honor Mm -hmm. AA and NA very much. I'm not a one or the other person. I'm kind of a both and type. Mm -hmm.
1: Um,
2: But that being said, we embarked on some really intense uh, plant medicine journeys with uh, a medicine called Iboga, which is an African root bark that actually interrupts addiction. Um it is a 12 to 24 hour overnight experience. And so we went pretty like head first, dove deep in and we are we've essentially never been the same since and really spent so much time exploring and um wow. now it's a huge part of our path.
0: Yeah. Amazing. And did that help with his addiction issues or was it a kind of a journey yeah. of that or was it kind of an overnight thing?
2: Well, that is a perfect question because especially with Iboga and Ibogaine, unfortunately, there's um, a narrative surrounding it being kind of like a magic pill, an overnight sensation because it does interrupt those withdrawal symptoms for opiates, specifically overnight. Um, but that sort of led me to my work, which is the integration process, and really taking these abstract experiences and bringing them into our daily life and daily practice. So yes, to answer your question, it is, it has been quite a journey. Yeah. Um, yes, it has done, I mean, when I saw him after that experience, it was as if he was like a back to childhood, like before he had ever even. I don't know.
0: It, it was. That's incredible. Bad. Yeah, and it's so interesting because I I come from a long line of addicts and addiction suicide, um, and you know I would say I'm kind of you know quote unquote a child of alcoholics. You know I've I've, I've had a lot of that. Shadow in my own life, and so I rebelled against drugs and alcohol. And my body just is so sensitive anyway, I think it's kind of like a protective thing. But mm-hmm. I've always been very called to plant medicine and learning more about the microdosing and all of that, which I know really not much at all about. Um, but it does seem I have a couple of friends who have used it for addiction and, and just felt like completely new after having, you know, relapsed, having done AA for a long time. I also have a lot of friends that do AA and that saved their life. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, my husband's 20 years sober. Um, and he actually has, was studying it long before I even knew about using, um, plant medicine and, and, you know, different mushrooms, et cetera. Um, and has been interested in doing it, but he's much more of a, um, guess, medicalized person. So he would be more interested in like maybe doing it under a doctor's care where I'm kind of the polar opposite. Like I want to do it in the woods, shaman vibes. So it's just interesting. I mean, it's a whole world and I'm just, you know, I'm so happy to now know you that I can, you know, have sessions with you or learn more about it. Um, But this is just a nice kind of tip of the iceberg to, to talk about like what it even is and what it can look like for each person
2: absolutely and the thing about addiction i mean there's such stigma there's such a shame cycle attached to that and we're all addicted to something whether that be totally. you know maybe too much social media netflix you know overindulging food, food shopping yeah. all of it work working work. out yeah. you know um and so I think really like reframing the, the narrative and the shame piece is a big part of the harm reduction. I think my, my work also is a harm reduction component, um, but the microdosing can really tend to kind of the underlying issues. So maybe you have cleared out the power hold of addiction and then the integration process could include microdosing, you know, microdosing, uh, can really open up your state of mind and your consciousness to an entirely new perspective. And it's a really subtle way to relate to your reality. Um, and a never before way, I guess.
0: Mm. It sounds so awesome, especially right now during this weird portal of time. I'm reading this book right now on um, the Palladians and like the Galactic Federation and stuff. And it was really interesting today since I knew I was coming on with you, but I just happened upon a page that was all about how we are being called. Like it's been kind of in the stars and in the plan for us to be using plant medicine this way now. And it was so demonized, you know, in our society, especially the past like 30, 40 years. Um, and big pharma has been the big guy, right? So it's, it's Mm -hmm. not using the plants, it's using, um, lab medicine and in control. And it's, it's so pervasive in our society right now. But I think, especially after watching that movie, um, fantastic fungi, did you see that? And they, they talk about that and it really inspired me, you know, just how mushrooms and mycelium and all of that are just this network, this universe, and we're all one, and then how to use the plants to actually make you feel that way, you know, because so much of I think of our opioid addiction or just addiction in general, it's just trauma, and it's like we're we're all needing healing in big and little ways, you know, and it just, we see alcohol, so then people are drawn to alcohol, we see, you know, drugs, so you're drawn to drugs, but it could be anything like you were saying, so how would one, like, kind of get into it, sorry.
2: No, that's okay. I mean, I was just going to point out too, as you said, we're in a very interesting collective time. We're all experiencing this kind of collective grief and it certainly feels like a birth portal a little bit. Mm
1: -hmm. A
2: lot of contraction, not as much expansion. We're not quite there yet.
1: A lot of fear. Um,
2: But a lot of fear. Absolutely. And with microdosing, I mean, the accessibility, uh, to me, I, what I offer is similar to doula work is, you know, offering resources, referral, education, and acquiring the medicine is up to the client outside of ceremonial in-person work. And then I sort of assist and hold space and check in as someone, you um, works through the regimen that I sort of curate for them based on what they're experiencing. So whether it's anxiety or depression, or, um, you know, even just interested in accessing more cre- creativity or their life purpose. And I do have so many people coming to me at this time, because many people are sheltering in place, and there's this sense of isolation. Um, and it can be a really interesting time to do a deep dive as things are coming up and it these medicines can really offer as you said especially with psilocybin and mushrooms um, uh, just an entirely new perspective on the human experience
0: yeah and that just sounds so exciting to me that we because we use like such a tiny percent of our brain it's what like four percent five percent so just to have that That opening, kind of a forced opening, but that's safe and prescribed for each person just sounds really beautiful to kind of step outside the matrix that we're currently in. And, you know, with everything cracking and crumbling right now as well, which I think is also part of this healing, it's kind of like a perfect timing to just let all the walls crumble down and step into the unknown. And so for also people that have never heard of microdosing, can you break it down like what that actually means? And is it just... With plant medicine, have I also heard that with weed too, or marijuana, or like just absolutely yeah. any info on that, yeah. like the logistics would be helpful.
1: Sure.
2: So microdosing is essentially a consuming subperceptual dosages of a variety of different psychedelic or psychoactive medicines. So you can certainly utilize cannabis and take microdoses of cannabis, oftentimes um if you have access to um a, a clinic depending on where you live you can get things that are, are pre-dosed out for you which is generally recommended because edibles can be tricky yes. um <laughs> but yes <laughs> um but yeah it can certainly be with uh plant medicine but i also work with lsc as the sacred compounds i also work with MVMA,
0: mm. uh that's and, from the frogs i'm just is MDMA? No, MDMA,
2: MDMA is, um, the, uh, chemical compound for ecstasy. Oh, which is okay. the street. Yeah. ecstasy. Gotcha. And 5-MeO-DMT is a more ceremonial session. Um, but as far as microdosing, I, um, I go off of Dr. James Fadiman's protocol, which is Depends on the substance that you're using, but generally it's one day off and two days, or I'm sorry, one day on and two days off. So twice a week, every three days. Uh, and Dr. James Fadiman has an amazing book. It's a beautiful resource. It's called the psychedelic explorers guide that I would recommend to anybody who is really interested in exploring microdosing and seeing if it might be a good fit for them. Mm, cool. He also has microdosing, psychedelics.com which is a huge database of um, anecdotal research that people can kind of uh, put their input put on their experience and that's how he gathers a lot of his information and data
0: cool
2: so it's this sub perceptual feeling so you so sub you know being below your level of perception so you shouldn't really feel anything um it can certainly influence your reality, but as far as like the, the buzz of it, it shouldn't feel more than like a like a moderate caffeine buzz. That's oh, a, wow. the, yeah. So it should be really quite um, a low dose, okay. a low dose. If you feel more than that, then you've taken, yeah, yeah I mean, okay. it's a true microdose. So yeah. I work in microdoses, there's a journey dose, which is slightly higher. And then there is um, therapeutic doses, which are higher. And then there's flood doses or heroic doses. So, so like, I mean, a little cold space.
0: Amazing. I love that. So, when people are talking about like an ayahuasca ceremony, is that like a hero dose? Like, that was like a when so. I mean, I guess it's that's hard to say, but you know, there's so much talk now about going off on retreat and you're up all night, you know, with the shaman and throwing up and then having like a whole, a whole thing.
2: Sure. I do not work with ayahuasca. I have experienced ayahuasca, but in reference to a heroic or a flood dose, it's definitely comparable. Mm -hmm. Um, I only, I don't work with ayahuasca simply because I'm not of Peruvian descent and I don't feel that I have permission to do that. But, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of, Five meo DMT. That session. That's the toad
0: that you were. Mm. um, The toad is it toad poison? Is that what it is, or what is that?
2: Well, it's venom. Venom. And I'm I'm working on um, utilizing synthetic a little bit more. Um, I feel more called to working with the natural source, but of course, there's sustainability, and again, that harm Mm -hmm. reduction piece. That's Mm -hmm. very important to me. But my sources are, um, you know, have very sustainable practices and essentially what it's called is milking the toes. Mm. So, and they just kind of squeeze one, um, one of their glands on the side of their head out and it kind of sprays on a little piece of glass. It dries and it's just this like kind of shattery type of substance that you inhale, that you smoke and inhale. And that is... Similar to NN DMT, which would be the DMT that maybe is more familiar to some people. Uh, there's NN DMT and then 5-MeO DMT. They're sort of like distant cousins. They're not super related, but distant cousins. Distant mm-hmm.
0: cousins. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. That that helps kind of have names for things because it's, it's all, sure. I mean, I love hearing stories, but I never like really pay attention to all the, the details because I haven't been that interested in it till you know, recently. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how, well, the, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, well, I I video. Be- we're on Zoom people.
2: <laughs> yeah, we are on Zoom. So we're, <laughs> um, I was just going to say, you know, that clinical piece that you were speaking, of. we really are kind of dismantling the patriarchy with all Mm -hmm. of the Saturnian energy and the Plutonian sort of transformation and clearing. And, um, you know, the south node of the moon is in Capricorn. And that is really a a clearing out of the sort of out of alignment qualities of ambition at whatever cost and uh, capitalism and sort of that framework that is really not working for us. So I think that bringing plant medicine into the picture in, and I do like that there are clinical environments for you to um, utilize these medicines as well. I mean, we have decriminalization, so there is an integration happening as well with the systems we have in place, but we still, we truly do need a rebirth. So.
0: Agreed. And what is what are you seeing in the stars? Because I, I follow different astrologers, and it it's really been helping me to get through this time because it's, it's just underlying exclamation mark that this is all part of what needs to be happening, which is really helping me. Um, but from what I've heard, it looks like it's not letting up anytime soon and also could possibly be a couple of years. It's
1: true.
2: Um, I, as an astrologer, I... Try to stay away from too much predictive work simply because I don't know that it serves us at this time, Mm -hmm. especially in such a challenging, fearful um moment in history. I do there are certainly um there are certainly components that point to a nebulous spread. Um, you know, Mars just moved into Aries and This energy is pretty big. It is going to stay in Aries for about six months. Mars usually stays in one sign for six weeks. So because of retrogrades, we have many planets that are retrograding right now. So a retrograde is, you know, going over. It's the illusion of a planet going backwards. And so it goes over, you know, specific degrees of a sign, and then it goes back over them again. So we're sort of working and reworking these themes to an exhausting degree, essentially.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm feeling a lot of that. So going back to kind of the doula work and motherhood, um, how do you... Well, first of all, I guess with the, the plant medicine doula work, I guess I would call it, I don't know. Do Would you call it that? Is it plant medicine doula work? Absolutely. How, how do you do that with motherhood? Like how do you, are a lot of your clients moms? Like how, how do you fit that in? Because I know a lot of my listeners are moms and mm-hmm. you know, it's like, can you do that breastfeeding? Can you do that postpartum? Like what, what does that look like and kind of what are the benefits of doing or waiting, or all of that, like, what, what is that? Sure, so,
2: it is interesting, because um, I have not personally, Im- I, I did a little bit of microdosing um, during breastfeeding, and only now, until my daughter has been, um, now she's almost a year, uh, did I have my first journey dose with 5-MeO-DMT in about two years, so, that's a really personal choice. And um, again, similar to a doula, I hold space and provide information and education for women to make the choice that feels best for them as far as embarking on any kind of psychedelic journey um, in the postpartum period. I think that microdosing can be quite supportive during uh, postpartum maybe after the first 40 days, I don't think ingesting anything Mm -hmm. in the first 40 days, that's such a sacred container. But after, I think it can be quite supportive. Um, I have a really wonderful husband that allows me to, you know, um, do the work that I do. And so I always have to honor him in that. Um, But it doesn't, it's, it's not easy i know you know i mean mm-hmm. leaving your children for even just a few hours i had ceremonies all weekend um last weekend and it's it's challenging it's challenging mm-hmm. to walk out the door the the mom guilt is so heavy you can't wait to get out the door and then you're like wait my I baby <laughs> i mean my daughter's still under a year you know mm-hmm. so um it's all there and i i really feel that Um, calling myself a transformational doula was very intentional because there are so many people in the plant medicine community that refer to themselves as guides or shamans and that doesn't feel in alignment for me because I believe that the people that I work with are they're doing the work I'm not doing it for them just like a woman is giving birth I'm not doing that for her I'm holding space for for that experience. So um, so that's sort of why I call myself that and I allow for that um, to happen with my clients and really create that safe container.
0: It's mm, so beautiful. And, mm-hmm. you know, that really is what I think doulas are and should be, you know, just holding mm-hmm. that space. And then it's so empowering for the woman to own that part of herself and that healing herself. Um, so when you do the ceremony like you did last week. And what does that look like? Is it a 12 hour thing or four hours? Like what's the time commitment? (laughs) Like what are the logistics for
2: moms? (laughs) Sure. Sure. And I do work with a ton of moms. I actually work with many midwives and birth Mm, mm
1: workers. So
2: I sort of mother people who are mothering the mother. It's like, you know,
0: which we all need. Yeah. All all the layers.
2: It can be so challenging. We've done so much work in the Cancerian realms too. Cancer energy is about nurturing the self and nurturing, you know, how we caretake others as well. That mother archetype, I think, is really prominent in the collective right now, taking care of the earth, taking care of each other, taking care of our neighbors. Um, So that's pretty big. But as far as the time commitment for a 5MEO DMT, session with the toad. It really depends, but um, the medicine experience itself is about 30 minutes. So it's quite short. It's a very fast acting and intense medicine. The onset is the most intense part, the most visual piece. And then I like to explain 5-MeO-DMT as going so deep into the cellular structures and sort of unlocking trauma that you expand outward and realize that you are one with the universe from this deeply cellular level. It's a little bit abstract, but once you're in it, it's it's kind of a homecoming to the self. And so I curate... um, really I I like I prefer to work outside Um, I prefer to have access to the to the groundedness that the earth offers of course Um, although with some people who have specific traumas at times they might need to be held in an indoor space but mostly I prefer to work outside I create what's called a little launching pad and it's just like beautiful comfortable zone with like you know a comfy pillow and blankets and just really an area to feel safe and held and um, there's some meditation work and um, intention setting and some ceremonial ritual type stuff we create an altar sometimes together sometimes I just have one um, it really depends but I just want my clients to feel really safe and held and Um, to be free, to be vulnerable with whatever kind of release comes through. And because it is so fast acting, um, it's like you really get it. They say that it's like, you know, hundreds of hours worth of therapy in, you know, 15, 20 minutes. So it is quite intense. There's actually some brain scans that um, have been taken and, people under the influence of 5 meo dnt have similar brain scans and brain waves as buddhist monks who've been meditating for like 30 40 years. So it's just kind of wow. like main line to yeah. to that state of consciousness, that cosmic consciousness.
0: Amazing. And how cool to be able to use that right now during this time. I mean to Oh really, yeah. It's like life is so fully in session right now just to kind of get to the, get to the place, you know, like full steam ahead. Mm -hmm. So then is it a couple hours afterwards integrating or kind of processing what was brought up?
2: Yes. So there's integration, there's processing. And sometimes I actually come in as like a cleanup crew. I'll oftentimes get um, phone calls from other practitioners that didn't focus very much on integration work. And um, I'll often without even serving medicine to someone offer the integration services if they maybe didn't feel as held or had the kind of access that they wanted with their provider, because there are many, um, there's been a few like HBO specials on the five in the and yeah. micro dosing is kind of a buzzword. Psychedelics are, I mean, it's becoming much more accessible at this time. So, um, so that's kind of an interesting component. Integration and processing and harm reduction are really my values when it mm. comes to this type of work.
0: Cool. I love that. And then um, I saw some of your launch pads. I was looking through your your Instagram today. I was like, yes and yes.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so beautiful. Cozy. Next to a little
0: stream and moss and crystals. Looks amazing. My
2: Venus is in Taurus. My moon is in Taurus. I'm like, Earth flowers. Totally. Mustardy, I love coastiness. it. Totally. And <laughs> I one of my best days is a Taurus. Fruit. Yeah. Oh,
0: cool. Uh, I cool. love that. And do you work with couples together? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. I actually do
2: MDMA sessions with couples. So MDMA um, is actually going through a lot of. Transformations, uh, the FDA has approved, I believe, the third phase of trials um, to to be a legalized medicine. Oh wow, um, and that's
0: ecstasy, Maybe and that's ecstasy. Name.
2: Yeah, that's the street name for it. But um, yeah, I work fairly closely with some people who are connected to MAPS. MAPS is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. So, um, they are a nonprofit that do all of the kind of leading research and are really pushing for advocacy in terms of being able to use psychedelics freely. And, um, they do work with a lot of professional, um, healthcare workers and do trainings as well. They also, um, uh, formulated the Zendo project. They uh, started the Zendo project, which is a uh, tent that is, that pops up at psychedelic music or at music festivals. And for people who are having an overwhelming psychedelic experience, they can go there or so rather be, rather being um, taken by a security or taken to the mm-hmm. hospital. Mm-hmm. They can kind of be or at least held by some people that um, know what they're doing. Oh, wow. So I've undergone a, several trainings with the Zendo project as well in terms that of learning so cool. how to really hold space.
0: Wow, I love that. So they're that. doing
2: some very big work.
0: That's so rad. And it's just, you know, I love that that part when they're doing showing the trials and the different. Medicinal Mm -hmm. uses and fantastic fungi because it really, it just makes sense, you know, and there was so much evidence that these things were working in the 60s and the 50s. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, our government covered it all up and changed the whole narrative. And I'm I'm really excited just for humanity that's coming back to the more natural medicines. I mean, that's how it should be.
2: I agree. I agree. Yeah. That seems to be a reoccurring theme. The government seems to mm. be a yep. little more mm. problematic than we were. Overstepping. Is- <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. true. But you did ask me about my work with couples. And yeah, I think MDMA is a really beautiful um, medicine to kind of unlock trauma. So what Mass is doing with MDMA is um, a lot of work in PTSD and there's relationship PTSD within a partnership, you know, oh, yeah. we carry, we carry, you know, we are, we're not meant to carry from years and years ago and it can almost feel the way I describe MDMA, it's almost like a life jacket for your trauma experience, like instead of feeling like you're drowning and anxious and afraid and feeling reactivated when you speak about your trauma or speak about challenging experiences, whether that's in a relationship or if you're, um, you know, a, a veteran of war. I mean, it can it totally expands across all types of traumatic experiences. Um, and overwhelming experiences are part of life, and so many of the many of us don't don't know how to integrate them, and so it can be just this really safe opening and warm feeling where you feel safe to talk about these things and process them. I mean, my husband and I try to have what we call a love tent <laughs> at least once a year. And we just kind of go in and, like, uncover all the stuff we've been carrying around. And it's, like, the freedom Uh afterwards and the the connection and the love. I think that
0: intentional use is a really important component, Mm -hmm. um, of course. So Yeah. And so if you're facilitating a couple session, would you have a session with a couple beforehand and kind of know their issues or would they just show up and say, these are the things we're working on or we want to kind of call forward to work with through the session. Um, and I just, I just seeing that what you're just saying that seems so potent because I feel like in couples, even if one has more trauma than the other, then you get in this like mirroring cycle. And then, you know, if you're not the kind of more wounded person or has more P has less PTSD than the other person, you're going to sometimes kind of hold that in your own body or react to their trauma. And so then it becomes part of your, you know, it becomes this like just back and forth kind of negative feedback cycle. So it just seems like that would be such a great way to facilitate changing or breaking that cycle.
2: Absolutely. I mean, it really depends on the couple and it depends on what they're working through, how I might sort of go about what their treatment for a lack of better word would be like what our session might look like. But I think the biggest component is making sure they are set up with other supportive people in their life, again, similar to doula work. So we have this birthing kind of session of uh, like a couple's rebirth with the support of a plant medicine or psychedelic medicine. And then I'm available to them for integration. But I also really want to make sure that they have people in their life that they can trust and confide in and say, hey, I had this really intense experience and talk about it with their community as well. Um, I actually quite often work um, parallel to um, people's uh, therapists, Psychiatrist, and I check in with them. And often, I mean, I have group texts with like couples and their therapists, and I'm like, hey, you know, so I, I bring in like this element of woo and spirituality, and I'm the emotional caregiver and space holder. And then, oftentimes, if they need more support, they'll have a therapist. Sometimes they don't need that, but. I do like them to utilize their community as well. So mm-hmm. it's it's an ongoing process. It's not just a one and done. It's mm-hmm. not just a, a magic pill. That's not how these things work, nor are, is that how they're meant to be used, in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're so addicted to that, right? We're like that one thing that's just going to fix everything, and that's just not the way of the natural world, generally. Um, we work so in beautiful. Cycles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we work
2: in cycles. It's a spiralic way of being as above, so below. That's why my interest in astrology can be really supportive. I often, you know, if I'm curating a retreat and I bring in other healers, I haven't done that since I was pregnant um, and, and nursing and all of that. But coming up pretty soon, I am going to get back into hosting retreats and curating an entire experience you know with a group of people, and those people can stay connected and creating a new community where you're utilizing these medicines together and working together and processing together um, and of course, you know, I think it's a collaborative thing i'm not just like that's why guide and shaman there's a little bit of ego in mm-hmm. all of that a hierarchy um, a hierarchy, and I think that it's it's a collaborative thing mm-hmm. and they're doing the work, you know? I mean, I learn from my clients just as much as mm-hmm. I hope that they learn from me.
0: I love that. Um, yes, please. Women's retreat, mom retreat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm ready. I was just talking, I was just talking with my colleague. We're looking at this dome, like kind of near Big Sur and
0: oh, we're doing the work. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to (laughs) gather again just in in person with my sisters. It's just, it's this, that's just been so hard throughout this whole time. I was just getting a really great group going before lockdown and it's just such a bummer, but it's, we're going to appreciate it so much more when we can. I know.
2: I know. That was that Saturn and Aquarius. So Saturn is like contractive and restrictive and boundaries. And Aquarius is like group, friendship, Mm. organization progress. Like, mm-hmm. it all just got shut down by <laughs> Saturn. We were like, okay. Oh.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> totally. I know. Um, and I, I don't know what it was with us on your Instagram, but do you make chocolates, medicinal chocolates?
2: I do. I do make medicinal chocolates with Yum. a variety of Mushrooms, lion's mane, and all different kinds of supportive yeah. Um, mushies. Yeah, they're great.
0: Yeah, but that's all like that, That's anyone could take. That's not microdosing. That's just more like superfood chocolate. Or do you do both? I do both. Okay, cool.
2: Yeah, that sounds
0: awesome. And we could. How do how do we people get that? <laughs> we order from you. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, you can totally order from me. Um, My website is Third Eye Doula and all that stuff you'll have available to people. But yeah.
1: Yeah, that'll all be in the show notes. Anyone can find
2: me and totally. So anyone can find me and um, I would love to, to, you know, expand my community, of course.
0: Yeah. And you come down to LA often and I'm sure it'll be more and more...
2: Yeah, absolutely. I am based in the Bay Area, um, but I, I go back and forth because things are a little bit challenging. I've really mm-hmm. been only doing one-on-one sessions up until recently, um, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to adhere to protocol in terms of six feet apart, but sometimes touch is needed and yeah. sometimes support is needed in that way. So um, it's really up to whomever's comfort level at this at this time, um, mm-hmm. but I'm certainly trying to flatten the curve.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: And one thing I meant to ask with the couples, what is the time commitment of that? Is that something you, just a couple hours, is that similar to the other one or is it a, a deeper, longer journey or what is that like?
2: So I offer full immersions as well. So like a session or a ceremony is generally with 5-MeO-DMT, few mm-hmm. hours. And then a full immersion is generally an overnight. And I can do starting from one to three or four days. And we actually like pack on multiple um, oh, wow! psychedelic medicines, like days in a row. Um, I really bring in a lot of nourishment and care. So I'll bring in a body worker, I'll have a yoga teacher come and do a private yoga um, session. B12 shots, like really, really try to be as supportive as possible. Um, I've even had um, uh, some clients do colonics, you know, I mean, I'll bring it all in. So it really, I I, I love that piece. I think that my Taurus energy also really loves like curating the like aesthetic Mm. part of it. And um, the caregiving and nourishing aspects like really making sure that people feel held and it's not just like I'm gonna blast you with a bunch of psychedelics and then take off you mm-hmm. know I think that being a gentle nurturing care provider is really important I definitely bring a very feminine energy mm-hmm. I also sometimes my husband will work with me because he has you know Um, so much experience with the medicine as well that I'll often bring him in as kind of like a masculine presence, but Mm. generally he allows me to be the, the one
0: (laughs) that's so beautiful. It's, it's like a couple's retreat. I mean, what a beautiful reframe, Mm -hmm. you know, like you don't Mm -hmm. have to go far away to get far away.
2: (laughs) It's so true. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's expansion of the mind and Mm -hmm. shifting our perspective and, Opening up, you know, I mean, we really do create our reality. I never want yeah. to spiritually bypass someone's experience. I think there's a lot of harm in that, but um, we certainly create our experience.
0: Yeah, that's something I'm really awakening to of just really kind of getting in, in control of my thoughts and, and my emotions, too. I mean, I'm not not allowing my feelings, but just also knowing that they come and go, you know, and really in this time where I've been so kind of sad or apathetic or just riding those waves of what the world's going through right now and just holding on that vision of what I want to live and what world I want to be in and just really holding that vibration and light. And, you know, even if it is a placebo effect, it's making me feel a lot better. So, I mean, I think we do control our own experiences of what life is for each one of us.
2: Totally. And, you know, I read an article at the source of has escaped me, but I, I read an article talking about how it's interesting that the term placebo effect is almost like a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Like we've said, oh, well, that's the right. placebo effect. It's like, it's kind of dismissive of the power is, of the mind. Like how
0: yeah, amazing yeah, is that? That is that. You know? Right. And exactly. It's,
2: it's, it's, it's actually quite incredible. Mm-hmm. It's not something to, to it's like so true.
0: pass off. right? Right? I Mm mean, it's really important. That is such a good point. Yeah. So, um, if you're doing virtual, which I know you, you said you offer also, like if people want to do the medicine on their own, how does that work? So Mm -hmm. do you kind of have the time and then you're on FaceTime with them or something and kind of leading them through that? Or what does that look like?
2: Yeah. I mean, I work with people all over the country and, um, I can support people remotely Mm -hmm. in whatever way feels most comfortable for them. Like sometimes I have phone sessions and consultations. Sometimes we do video chat. Um, I do like to, again, like just provide resources and support. And Mm -hmm. most people, especially with microdosing things like psilocybin and LSE, I can be a really awesome source of support for the first, Month or two, and then they sort of are able to go out on their own and really utilize it on their own. Mm. With other medicines like Iboga, which is that addiction interrupter that I spoke about, u- utilizing that medicine, um, there are some contraindications with um, the heart, and it's really important to have somebody as a support system and guide and check in.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so it really does depend on the medicine, how involved. I need to be with their process. It depends on the person's experience and what they're bringing to the table and then the medicine that they're working with.
0: And with iboga, is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. How does that work? It just, it kills the craving for whatever your vice is.
2: So it, it interrupts the withdrawal symptoms and it is, it attaches itself to the opioid receptors mm-hmm. um and it kind of breaks the the bond that it had with whatever the opioid that the person was using, but it can also really um it can help with a wide variety of addiction i mean when i when I did Ivoga, I was not suffering from addiction at that time um mm-hmm. I haven't used drugs in that way um since before my son was born, which is eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be used in a wide, so my, my experience was considered uh, psychospiritual versus withdrawal. Gotcha. So those are different dosages. And that's actually how I started um, my process and found my first teacher was my husband and I went to a clinic in Mexico that offers iboga and I began detoxes and psychospiritual journeys and that's a week um where you go out of the country and experience that under the care of a doctor because of those um you actually have to get a full like ekg before mm-hmm. you do it it is a very wow. powerful medicine yeah it's a very powerful medicine but um it also um it's really powerful in that um you actually can't even move while you're laying in bed. So like it, it to get up, like you have to be assisted to like the bathroom or to go anywhere. So it really grounds you down to the earth. It's a deep earth medicine. Um, and it is essentially like unlocking... You've heard heroin and opioid addiction um, be called kicking, right? Mm-hmm. So like there's this like uncomfortable, mm-hmm. like jittery feeling. And so those two pieces are kind of connected. It's like releasing that within your body. Oh, wow. It's very, very interesting. I mean, it's, it's deep dive for sure. It feels a little bit like lucid dreaming and there is a purgative quality. So mm-hmm. you are purging. Um, similar to ayahuasca they call ayahuasca the grandmother and then iboga could be considered the grandfather wow
0: mm-hmm. so that that would be a place where you go to detox can you go like you can start that just like even if you haven't been off drugs for a while like it can help you get oh yeah off it. yeah okay oh yeah
2: yeah so if you wow. are currently using you can and that's another i i am affiliated with several clinics so i send people to places if if they are interested in um, getting a detox or yeah. a psycho-spiritual. And then there are more traditional um, shamanic ceremonial um, Iboga sessions as well um, mm-hmm. that are closely tied to the Bwiti tradition. That's where the um, Iboga comes from, from a tribe in West Africa in Gabon. Um, they use it sort of as rite of passage and, um, it was brought to them by the pygmies and
1: oh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: You are a wealth of knowledge. I'm oh, so excited to you. kind of dip my toe <laughs> into this. And thank I will you. put in the show notes, you know, where everyone can find you and read more about what you do. And then we'll have the links to all the, the cool resources, resources that you mentioned. Is there anything that you feel called to kind of wrap up with or anything during this time that you feel like moms and women could stand to hear
2: yeah wow um i think that accessing our center and our kind of deepest level of truth is there's so much chaos around us and there's kind of this static energy happening of a a breaking free a little bit Mm -hmm. And if we can kind of hold on to our center and find our highest self as mothers, as women, as people in the collective human experience, I mean, just hold on for the ride, ladies. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just a wild ride. And I mean, I always laugh, the toad, right? Mr. Toad's wild ride. Mm -hmm. And whether... You're embarking on a psychedelic journey, or you're looking at the world right now as almost like a psychedelic journey. Like reality is wild. I mean, you can't make this stuff up.
0: So, truth is always you know, weirder than fiction. Your,
2: truth is always weirder than fiction. Stand in your truth, call to your highest self, you know? Um, yeah. And, you always are available to you, even if you think you don't. I think that it's it's there mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and it it is such a breaking, open, wide moment that it is kind of the perfect storm, if you will, to mm-hmm. really step into your weirdness or your perceived weirdness or the things you've been scared of, you know, this the paradigm, the labels you put on yourself, like now is really the time to. Let go of all those things and to be the change, you know, we want to see. And even though it is so overwhelming, then I have days where I'm just actually so excited because I feel like the women I know, the women I'm meeting, we have so much to give and offer our families, but also, you know, changing up the matriarchal lines in our own lineage and really be a a poignant kind of action player in this change. Which, you know, absolutely as above, so below. Mm -hmm.
2: So, our collective experience reflects our inner experience. You know, whether you're looking at celestial bodies and the planets, whether you're looking at humanity and what's happening on earth, whether you're looking at what's happening in your interpersonal relationships with your partner, with your Mm -hmm. children, and then digging deep and diving in and seeing that
0: it's it's you. There you are. Mm -hmm. There you are. Mm I love that. That's a beautiful moment to end on. Thank you so much. This is such a pleasure. And um, I can't wait to get back to LA and meet you in person. And who knows, maybe microdose, have my own experience, but um, it's really cool. I have to say too, because I think, um, you know, growing up for me personally, where drugs were like so fearful and then also so masculine, there's something so healing about seeing you, this beautiful woman, sharing all of this knowledge and knowing, you know, that plants come from earth and mother and it's, you know, it's, it's a very divine feminine awakening. So um, it's a really nice reframe. So thank you for that.
2: Thank you. It's been such a pleasure talking and thank you so much.
0: Yeah. We'll look forward to more soon. Thank you so okay. much. Okay. Right. Bye. Bye.